Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week of August 30th, 2021, Season 3, Episode 34. Chris here inside the garage with Charles and crew. What's going on, guys? Why, hello. Lots of things happening this week, including some big announcements like Faith No More is going to be replacing Limp Bizkit at Aftershock Festival this year. Uh, Gene Simmons apologizes for comments he made about David Lee Roth. We'll we'll read his apology. It's definitely a Gene Simmons-style apology. So not an apology. I will say that. Uh, (laughs) Allison Chains, Jerry Cantrell announces a new solo album, which sounds pretty cool, and tour plans for next year. So that sounds great. Foo Fighters are going to be receiving the Global Icon Award. I don't know what that's all about, but we'll talk about it. Pixies cancel their entire tour for this year Mm. just after uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, backed out of the co-headlining kind of thing that they were doing. Yeah. Plus this week in Music History Trivia, Weekly WTF and more, of course. All of our links are up, rocknewsweekly.com. Give us a like and a follow, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at rocknewsweekly. Uh, better new <laughs> new albums coming out this past Friday from Belly, Big Red Machine, Chubby and the Gang, Churches, Ooh. Danko Jones, Diane Warren, I Dress, Halsey, Indigo, D'Souza, Steve Gunn, The Bug, and Turnstile. And oh. then coming up, not very many on the third of September because it's a holiday kind of weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we Big do boy? have. We do have some uh, kind of big releases here, especially from Iron Maiden. Ooh! Their first album in six years. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's called Shinjutsu, and it's uh, kind of a samurai theme. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Eddie so. Eddie in a samurai garb yeah, is pretty he, dope. He looks pretty awesome, yeah. I gotta say. Then there's new albums also off from Imagine Dragons, Big Boy and Sleepy Brown, Laney, Little Sims, and Manic Street Preachers. No shit. Manic Street Preachers, I remember them from the 90s. Yeah, I've, I've never heard them. Uh, you're not missing much. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know about the new album. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. The, the Ultra Vivid Lament. Yeah, with a name like that, I gotta <laughs> go with the uh, the latter there and maybe, maybe side on the knot. Yeah, maybe they got like a whole new sound. Like we were talking about Ministry earlier. Yeah. If anybody knows Ministry from the late 70s, early 80s, Al they, they sound entirely different than the Ministry in the oh, 90s. yeah, totally. Like 100%. In uh in in the ministry ministry in the late eighties they sound more like Bauhaus in the early eighties and then they turned into more like heavy hardcore industrial metal. Yeah, and then the Al Jorgensen got addicted to heroin. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually saw they just released a new <laughs> album. They they're 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 about to yeah. release a new album and I just saw him and he's uh well he's interesting looking. He he looks yes, very uh Eclectic, yeah, very eclectic. Um, yeah. But Al Jorgensen also was uh, bringing Joey Jordanson on from Slipknot on their last tour with Ministry. Oh. Uh, he was supposed to be the drummer, and he backed out. And then Joey Jordanson unfortunately passed away this past year, oh. a couple months ago. And people were saying that he was uh, on heroin and doing some different things mm-hmm. like that. But it was all kind of speculation. Yeah. But Joey Jordanson was supposed to be the drummer for Ministry on their last tour last year. 
before Jory Jordanson passed away, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think about. So. That would have been so dope. To yeah, see. and I wanted to go to that show. We were going. We actually went to that show, and I think it still went on, but Ministry backed out, and the other two bands were still there, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, but, hey, it's time for our new feature, guys. What touring rock musician has COVID-19 this week? Oh. Can you guess? It's Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Oh, hey, wow. Yeah. He's tested positive for COVID-19, and he backed out of his performances this past weekend in Michigan. After testing positive, he said, quote, I'm very, very sick, so I'm not going to be able to make it this weekend, and I'm absolutely devastated. I'm so sorry. He added that he is fully vaccinated, saying, I should be okay. It's yeah. the flu. I'm vaccinated, so I'm not worried. But I certainly wouldn't want to spread it to anyone else. Responsible. So at least he's being responsible. Yeah. He knows that he's, you know, not in the place that he should be to safely do a show. Yeah, yeah. And he's going on the side of caution. Yeah, because so there, there could be people in the Tip of the audience. hat to you, yeah. Corey Taylor. Yeah. But I, it sucks that you got COVID. Not, Johnny Davis not was a... Uh, John, Jonathan Johnny, a.k.a. John John Davis, was right. the one that had it last week, right? And he did the same thing. Yeah. He backed out, didn't do the show, which is good. It's not like he's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You know? And so I, th- I think these guys, at least they're admitting it. They're they're putting the press out there. They're giving an apology. They're kind of saying, hey, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I, th- I tried to make this work, but... I just want to be safe, and I want you guys to be safe too. So you know, now that you said it in that voice, I, like I <laughs> cannot get that voice. Now I'm thinking Corey Taylor has that voice, so he's he like, talks like I a cowboy. I the hate rise ah, up yeah. in me. <laughs> he talks like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, and somehow he changes it Hi, for his. Y'all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's in a movie. He's in a movie like a real kind of low budget. Yeah, he's in a bunch series. of stuff now. He's like doing his whole movie yeah. career. Hey, you know, good for him. Get get your money while you can. Do yeah. the whole thing. Hey, it's yeah. all good. You know, he's a podcaster in the in the in the that's right. a horror series. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. he's actually a pretty. When you talk to him like a real person, he's a down to earth, pretty cool guy that has a lot of really good interests and stuff. And also, I keep going back to that episode of the therapist on Vice, the rapist, the, the rapist, <laughs> or therapist if you put it all together as one word. <laughs> Uh, great show on Vice where Corey Taylor opens up about his sexual abuse that happened in uh, his early life that kind of uh, it was from a male neighbor that uh, kind of sexually abused him Oof. and kind of led to the whole darkness and stuff that was what he sought out in his heavy metal music. And he really opens up in this uh, episode of The Therapist on uh, Vice. So I definitely recommend that, guys, if you're into that kind of thing, you want to check it out. It's a really cool exploratory thing of why Corey Taylor kind of went down the path that he did. Oh, yeah. And, and it's pretty cool. And so. the, the SNL Sean Connery joke that I made was in, <laughs> like, not knowing what Chris was about to say was well, in that very got buried. poor taste yeah. in retrospect. Well, it was a good joke, though. <laughs> it did get buried in it, but yeah, all good. I'm like, Ooh. There's more. I'm never going to be a politician. There's more room. Keep them. Keep them saved. We yeah. got. We got some. We got some good stuff coming up. I am never going to be the host of Jeopardy because of that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on record now. Yeah. Uh, no one cares. I mean, come on. It's Corey Taylor. Come on. He's he's yeah. a good guy. It's all good. I failed to hate Ross. All right. Pixies canceled their tour. Uh, of course, the COVID thing. They made a statement about it, saying, "Quote." Uh, we have determined with the current surge in COVID cases made worse by the Delta variant. This is the right decision for our fans, crew members, safety, as well as our own. Nice. So canceled the entire tour. It was mostly East Coast dates. 
So they're going to give everybody a refund. It's not okay. no, no big deal. And if you want the rescheduled dates, then you can have that, you know? Yeah. I like how they're doing both options. You yeah. want the refund? Very cool. cool. You want the rescheduled date? Cool. You know? Yeah. Either way. I like that. Um, Faith and More is going to be replacing Limp Biscuit. Yes. At Aftershock, which I got to say is pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, Faith No More is opening right now for System of a Down on their big tour. Oh, nice. So I, it lines up perfectly with yeah. this tour. And I was like, why isn't Faith No More on Aftershock lineup from the from the get-go? I know. I know. Right? Yeah. And they got supposedly a new album that they're uh, just released or coming out or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. but And then all of their hits, it's going to be great. They're going to be there on Thursday along with Anthrax, Testament, Exodus, Death Angel. Thursday's stacked, but we can't get tickets for it. I know. and Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm not going to be there. I actually saw... Thursday's um, pretty awesome, but I I just... We can't be there because it's only for people who pre-ordered the tickets from last year. Yeah. Um, I saw in 98, I saw um, Mr. Bungle... um, Oh, yeah, with Mike Patton. And and that's uh, for people that don't know. Mike Patton was from both bands. He yeah. was also in Mr. Bungle as well as Faith No More. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, so check this out. It was uh, Mr. Bungle, Incubus, and System of a Down. Was wow, how and cool. And it was, it was such a great show. I mean, that's System of a Down's debut album. Oh, it was. It that's was. their debut tour. It was, it was so incredible because, and check this out, audience, I actually hadn't ever heard of System of a Down. Uh, a, yeah, because they were mine. brand new. Yeah, no one heard mine. of them in '98, basically. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, if you were yeah. big in the metal scene, I bet you know you heard oh, yeah. through the grapevine kind of deal. But yeah. think about it: that was '98 before any kind of social media. Yeah, before the internet, basically, yep. Yep. it was just uh, beginning. Yeah, no one heard about that kind of stuff, and it just came out of nowhere when they did those big tours and stuff like that. It, it was it was such a dope show. Like I'll never forget. The energy and stuff. And oh, yeah. I'll also never forget what happened after that show. What happened? So we ended up going to like a house party afterwards that was still kind of raging on. Where was this? It was like in, close in, to the show? Or? It was in Sacramento. It was miles away. Okay. And uh, and at some point or another, I had to pee, but like all the bathrooms were like taken. So like Classic. Was, yeah, that happens was, all I, the time. I had no idea whose house this was, right? So I walked outside. I went to pee. Then apparently that was when they decided they. Well, wait, hold on, hold on, back up. Yeah, you went outside and you just started peeing. Yeah, where did you go outside? I I walked outside to the backyard in the driveway, just in the front yard. It was actually it was in the backyard. It was like a little corner. I found the corner backyard. That's good. And then um and I was hanging out there for a little while (laughs) and I was doing my business and then I stopped and I went back over and at the time you know I was young I was eighteen so I was smoking a cigarette. And then some other dude started smoking a cigarette, too. And then we started talking. Next thing you know, he left. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to go back inside. You know, it's like sure. 3 o'clock in the morning. And I try to get inside, and the door is locked. And everybody is decided at that time that they were going to completely shut down and, for, <laughs> and forget and lock the doors and go to sleep. And I'm like, and they were drunk, right? Everybody was drunk. Yeah, so yeah, was like, yeah. Pound on the door. I couldn't get in. I was in the middle of Sacramento. I had to work the next oh morning in Atwater. God. So this is crazy. So I was so tired after like an hour. You know, uh, this that, is all after the System is, of a Down yes, concert. Yeah, I was so tired <laughs> that I that I I started uh, checking people's cars, and I found a truck that was unlocked. And I, I didn't even know whose truck it was, but I just crawled so I'm picturing you seat. just like all tiredly checking yeah. people's cars out in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was it was in the neighborhood. It was somebody in that party. 
it, yeah, it was it. Like just giving it a jiggle, <laughs> like a little kind of a cat paw on the window. Yeah, I crawled into the back of somebody's truck, and I, of course, I didn't sleep because it was horribly uncomfortable. You know, so I basically was, but I, I kept thinking about how dope the show was. Wow, so that was cool. And you slept in the back of a stranger's truck. It was funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Those were the '90s. It was the '90s. That was the it '90s. Was. Different time. Actually, that sounds like something that could have happened yesterday. I know. You know, if you were just living, living on the skids. Oh yeah. You know, sleeping in the back of a stranger's truck after a rough night. You know. Well, I did. I did. You know, see my buddy Jeff Bob perform down in Main Street, and I had to walk six miles, and up and you got sprayed in the sprinklers. Got sprayed in the sprinklers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the old ninth God. grade and nine trick. I know. Remember and that I, from Happy Gilmore, where uh, they uh, oh yeah made him dress yeah. up real nice and yeah. they go out to the ninth grade and <laughs> nine sprinklers come on. And you know what? I didn't even have my headphones to listen to uh, Corey Taylor say, I failed to hear myself in me. <laughs> and now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, son. You feeling okay? Yeah, just a little down in the dumps. <laughs> Don't worry, kiddo. I got just the thing. What's that sound? It sounds like the wall is breaking. Hey, yo. I'm Chicken Merrill Nubbins, renowned blues harmonica player. Now, I may be known for sucking on my harmonica. Now I want to share my passion for sucking on chicken bones. Chicken Merrill Nubbins are grade A chicken bones with the nubs broken off so you can suck all that sweet, sweet Merrill Nubbins out easily. Wow, Chicken Merrill Nubbins is so cool. Yeah, but what's wrong with his teeth? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's all the chicken grease that keeps my harmonica sliding through the night. No, seriously, that's disgusting. It smells like death. Don't you sass me, boy. You just hit my son. Dad, call the police. Well, hold on a minute. These are pretty good. Wait, wait a second. Where'd he go? He left a massive hole in our wall. But he filled a hole in our hearts. So get some chicken marrow nubbins tonight from yours truly, Chicken Marrow Nubbins. Alright, let's move on. Some more rock news. Jerry Cantrell announces a huge tour and a new album coming up. Uh, 2020 tour, and then the album is actually coming up on... When is it? October 29th. So his new album is a solo album. It's called Brighton. Jerry Cantrell, of course, guitarist from Alice in Chains. The tour is set to wrap up on May 8th at the House of Blues in San Diego and kicking off in March of 2022. Nice. Nothing but talent there. And speaking of Sacramento, we got a date uh, coming our way at the uh, Ace of Spades, which is a great venue. Yeah, we went to go see see um, Star Set there at the Ace of Spades. Yeah. Only thing I don't like about it, we always get those gosh darn middle of the week shows. Oh, I know. Wednesday night. I mean, yeah. how rocking is that? We got to work in the morning. Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so check that out. Jerry Cantrell solo album. I bet it's going to be awesome. He's really eclectic and a, a very good guitar player. He does acoustic, you know, electric. I mean, he's oh, yeah. all over the board. He's yeah. uh, very well-rounded. He's been around forever. He's a cool dude. Uh, looking forward to that solo album. Uh, rock news uh, more this week. Uh-huh. Uh, Baby from Nirvana's Nevermind cover art 
is suing for child exploitation. I heard that. You guys hear about this? Spencer Eldon, the man who was featured on Nirvana's famous Nevermind cover art as a baby, is now suing the band for child exploitation. 30 years after the album was released. So according to this lawsuit, he says that he couldn't consent to his image being used on the album art because he was only four months old at the time. Yeah. And he also said that his legal guardians didn't consent to it either, which is kind of weird. He also claims that the image is child pornography, adding that the band made a promise to cover his genitals with a sticker, but it was never incorporated on the album's cover. Mm. Eden claims that Kurt, Dave Grohl, and the rest of the band failed to protect to prevent him from being sexually exploited. He's suing them for at least $150,000. What do you think of that? I mean, now now raising the lawsuit 30 years later. Yeah. I think they'll just settle it. Yeah. Probably out of court, give them a cash settlement. Yeah, yeah. They'll just settle it. It's you know, and and it's not like I I, I you think he was waiting this whole time, kind of thinking that like I think waiting he, for his payday kind of deal. Like I, I need the money probably, now. He probably ran in this uh, financial situation, <laughs> and then some people, maybe somebody was like, "Hey, bro, hey. you know, you could sue them for like yeah. sexual harassment, bro. You're like yeah. a naked baby on that album, man. Yeah, people are looking at you like, it's like baby, you know, now. like it's cancel culture now. So like, you know, I think uh, I think honestly. I think the majority of the PC world would probably be fine you know, with that. Honestly, okay what, with that. what trips me out about that album cover more than the baby's naked is that he, he's in water. He's in water, he's, and he could drown and, and take a full gulp of water yeah. as a baby, not knowing how water works, yeah. and like literally die. He's fully immersed in the filming in water. of that, and yeah. that's what trips me out about it. Yeah, not that he's naked. I know, and the par- the parents <laughs> let him be fully immersed. They just like yeah. threw their baby in the in whole a pool. thing is pretty yeah. fucking weird. I, I so maybe maybe I'm kind of starting to uh, get Stockholm syndrome with this because I'm starting to uh, side with him. Like it is pretty yeah. fucking weird that whole photo shoot. It the is whole weird. idea. It is weird. And if you were a kid and you had no like consent or whatever to the whole deal, yeah. And you're like maybe your parents were like. I don't want to say junkies or something, but maybe yeah. they weren't the right state of mind. Yeah. And then Kurt Cobain's like, yeah, can we film your baby in water? And oh, naked yeah. Naked baby. And they're like, uh, okay, you want to film our naked child in the water for an album cover? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. And just throw him in there. Yeah. And don't let him breathe. Just and don't let him breathe. Don't try and put your hands like you're going to save him or nothing. Just let him float. Yeah, he'll learn That's how to like swim. That's like the artistic part of it. He'll learn how to swim. I, you know what? In ret- <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, what, like, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, if you've ever seen the show Dexter... <laughs> so in the show Dexter, there's okay, you guys, the serial you, killer, yeah, the serial killer, killer guy, yeah. In the in the it, so they they go back and they show like how he became a serial killer. So as an infant, like his mom was brutally murdered with a chainsaw in the back of like this big rig thing, and so they find him as a baby and he's completely covered in blood. Now they got an actor, like a, a little baby actor, to be to covered play in blood, him, and he's completely covered in blood next yeah. to body parts and a chainsaw. Oh, he's off. fine. Now, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, he's fine now. <laughs> he doesn't cut himself or yeah. listen to dark music <laughs> or yeah, that actor is like socially detached or yeah. nothing. No, he's fine. He's not even an actor. He's just some kid in Iowa who's gonna grow up to be yeah. the next Corey and Taylor. It's kind of crazy. We yeah. don't think about shit like that. No, you know, when you break no. it down like that and put it in black and white, kind of oh yeah context, it's just not right. Anyway, yeah, it's crazy. all right. Well, let's move on. More rock news. Foo Fighters is going to be getting the Global Icon Award at MTV Awards this year. It's their first ever time awarding this award, so it's never been given to anybody, but it's saying to 
given to artists who, quote, left an indelible mark on the musical landscape and continues to influence, inspire, and evolve. So, well, I don't get it. Uh, you, what did you say? MTV? MTV. I thought, I, they I don't play music, yeah, right? I thought yeah. MTV fizzled out like years ago. Yeah, I, you're right. You're kind of right about that. I didn't think that they were even around it, anymore. It, when you, when you uh, kind of find out that it's an MTV award, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, that really doesn't mean too much yeah. anymore, does it? Um, well, they're so, trying, I guess. So I think uh, they're trying. I think this next picture that we're looking at right now, one of, is uh, that's actually both of us. <laughs> Those are both <laughs> stand-ins for um, Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, that's those are right. both stunt doubles. Oh, that's yeah. right. Um, one of happened? them actually has the mustache correct. The other didn't get it quite right. I, the other one didn't get it quite. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at Steve Perry and Joe uh, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. Yeah, excuse me, of yeah. Aerosmith, which look like a couple of Jack Sparrow knockoffs characters. Yeah, with feathered hair and a weird pencil mustache. What is going on with and Joe like Perry's mustache? Five scarves on each of them. It it looks like it looks to, like <laughs> to keep them warm because i think their frail bodies aren't able to keep their body temperature so, so these years it, you know, so joe, joe perry's weird mustache it looks like there's two like of these alien creatures on each side of his lips that it looks are just like you just drew it for like it. Yeah. you just drew the lines like left and right like yeah. a classic like racist depiction <laughs> of like a french mustache or something or he just ate like some ribs wrong and he just got <laughs> like some go. barbecue sauce on both sides he just of his dug lip. himself in a bowl bowl of dog food he just like <laughs> 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 Holy shit. You guys. Uh, oh, you guys. Well, they've linked a ma- uh, inked a major deal with uh, Universal Music Group. So they moved their entire music catalog to Universal Music Group, which is kind of a big deal. They were on Sony Records for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Like 20, 30 years, whatever it is. So now in 2022, they're moving everything to Universal Music Group. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much they got on that deal, but I'm sure it's uh, quite a pretty penny. Yeah, it's and it got to be seems a lot of artists are doing that where they're consolidating their uh, music catalog yeah. and basically getting it ready for uh, advertising companies or whoever wants to use their music for whatever purpose in the future. And they're getting a lump payment of, like, say, $20 million. That and makes sense. You know? It yeah. were, like, Bob Dylan got, like, $80 million for oh, his yeah. entire catalog. And he just sells it all, and that way he can just, you know, oh, yeah. cash out while he's still alive, give money to his family. Yeah, Dave Crosby, too, right? Like, he was in that a poor He did the same thing. Did, yeah. yeah, and he cashed out his entire catalog, got, like, something, a pretty significant amount. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was able to <laughs> get out of debt and stuff. And we'll talk about a little couple things with David Crosby coming up a little Ooh, bit later. Ooh, yes. Stick around. Uh, but check this out. Ronnie James Dio's uh, Ronnie James Dio's widow says she cried after watching the new documentary that's going to oh. be coming out. Um, it's going to be a pretty awesome documentary uh, about the life of Ronnie James Dio. Of course, he passed away 2010, I think it was, stomach cancer. Yeah. Um, she said, quote, I just saw the first cut of it last week. They were in town from New York. We were going over a lot of stuff. It was amazing. They did a great job. I cried my eyes out. It was very emotional. They did a very, very good job on it, end quote. Oh, so okay. if that's his widow saying that, giving her stamp of approval and being very emotional about it, I can't wait to see it. If, yeah. she's, if she's happy about it and she's saying good things, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times, it's so sad we'll get these, like, 
half-assed documentaries or things that are not authorized by the estate or yeah. the family members, and yeah. they do not approve of it whatsoever. So to see her, like, given the kind of stamp of approval, it sounds really good. So. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yep, can't wait to check that so out. Break out the tissues, folks. Um, Deftones got a new beer. Yes. Check this out. Deftones introduced a new IPA. It's actually their eighth. I didn't realize this. They have eight different types of beers. Oh, yeah. I've had their beers. Yeah, I've, ha- I've only yeah. had, like, maybe two or three of them. Belching Beaver makes a, makes the big one, the Phantom Bride. Yep, and they're yeah. out of San Diego, uh, Belching Beaver. And if you guys want to check them out, they're also in, like, Arizona, Colorado, Hawaii, a bunch of different states. Uh, the new one is called Ceremony Double Dry Hopped. Hazy IPA. Oh, wow. So it's off of the new album, that new track, Ceremony. We've been playing yeah. it on the bear for a while. Oh, I love that song. That is the inspiration behind this new beer. And it's oh, a cool. 6.5, 30 IBU. Uh, it says it's got fruit notes like mango, pineapple, and guava. Guess guess who's was uh, just, so ju- just just said that he's heavily influenced by the Deftones. Who's that? The Weeknd. Isn't that really? crazy? Yeah, he just he just released a statement said that That's the Deftones cool. were like one you of know, his biggest influences. I, I hear a lot of that from a lot of like pop or modern type of art, artists that they have a lot of kind of the similar kind of oh yeah I don't know childhood that we grew up with type of things where it's like you have a couple of those standout bands or artists that really have made your mark yeah and yeah. they influence you as a as a person and. That's cool to hear him from rock as well as hip hop, you know? Like, yeah. you could tell the stuff he makes is obviously very hip hop and, yeah, big and time. pop, but to have those influences of the heavy metal, you know, it's there. Um, and growing up, maybe, I don't know if he was a California guy. Oh, yeah, that could be. If it's maybe Sacramento, that was part maybe. of it. Yeah, maybe yeah. that was kind of, you know, hometown or maybe around the same area or whatever. Yeah. Know, Rage Against the Machine was big for a lot of LA kids. And oh, shit. yeah. Huge. So, yeah, especially in the college crowd in that 90s uh, era. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool to hear those different influences from uh, all, all walks of life. Heck, awesome. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, this is kind of a uh, – this guy, man, uh, he keeps popping his head up I know. in the news. And uh. I'll just mention it here. Ex-Bad Wolf singer Tommy Vex is being sued now for copyright infringement because apparently, according to his record label and his band management, uh, the plaintiffs are stating, quote, Motivated by greed and his oversized ego, Tommy Vex claims that he owns Bad Wolves and has a right to block the remaining members from recording and releasing music under the name Bad Wolves. Hmm. The suit now claims that Tommy Vex violated their copyrights by posting unapproved covers of the band's Patreon in the past and still continues to post unauthorized content on Instagram and OnlyFans. Oh, wow. So he's, like, taking, uh, like, uh, 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 I don't know, like, rehearsal recordings or yeah. stuff, and he's like, hey, this is an unreleased track. You want to give me 500 bucks on Patreon, I'll play it for you oh, or something. Geez. And so now the label and the band has to sue this guy, and it's just it's so sad. It's just like, dude, give it up, man. He's It's 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 just a bad situation with those dudes. Hopefully no. they can figure it out, but it keeps getting worse for him. He his he changed his name to Tommy Vexed from Tommy Cummings. And honestly, like it doesn't sound that much better or cooler. Like that's like simply like a name that you didn't need to change for you know, you might as well just Tommy left it the Vexed. Same. I'm Tommy vexed, vexed, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like cursed or something. Um, no. No, it's vexed. Send me a text. <laughs> Who's next? Tommy Vex. Tommy Vex. <laughs> maybe that's what that maybe that was the plan all along. Yeah. T Rex sent me a Vex. Who's next? Tommy Vex. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. 
I know uh, you're a big fan of the show, though. Oh, so don't huge get fan. Dis- don't get too discouraged. What do you say? We go down by the bay yeah. and make things out of clay. <laughs> I just made Tommy Vex getting a text. <laughs> Tommy Vex. Get and a hex. From T-Rex. <laughs> from T-Rex. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Yar. You hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! Okay. Dave Lee Roth giving Gene Simmons the middle finger. So he posted this photo. Uh, shit. Uh, he posted this photo 18 times on. Gene Simmons Instagram. Wow. He posted it 18 times uh, and it says Roth to Simmons and it's a picture of a little kid giving the the finger. Yeah. So here's the deal. We all thought as David Lee Roth kind of lost it, what's going on here? Um, The 18 times has a significance in the Jewish culture. Apparently, 18 times symbolizes, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's C-H-A-I, like Chai or Chai. Oh, I can't even see it. Oh, Chai. Chai, yeah. which translates to life in, in Jewish. So he posted it 18 times because they're both Jewish guys, Gene Simmons, David Lee Roth. They're both Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Gene Simmons made all these comments. Basically, okay, so here's the backstory for everybody who missed it last week. David Lee Roth was the opening act for Kiss on their latest tour. Yeah. Right? Gene Simmons kicked him off of the tour as the opening act. And then he went and made a statement that said, oh, I don't like, you know, I used to like Elvis, but I don't like the dead and bloated Elvis, you know. And David Lee Roth, you know, he was great in his time, but, you know, it's not he's not that great now. Basically kind of wow. statement like that, right? And David Lee Roth was like, well, fuck you. And so he posted that picture on his thing 18 times. Yeah. And so here's the here's the deal. Uh, in a new inter- interview with U.S. Weekly this week, Gene Simmons got a lot of backlash for this, and he backtracked on his statements. He said, quote, In the course of an interview, you hear me talking. I just sort of stream of consciousness. I don't mean to hurt people's feelings. I read that quote, and somehow the way they put it together, I think I said something like, Nobody touched David in his prime, not Robert Plant, not Mick Jagger, anybody. He was the king. And then there was a segue to Elvis bloated, uh, dead on the ground, and, you know, fat and naked, and I don't want to see that. I wasn't talking about David, but that doesn't matter. What matters is I hurt David's feelings, and that's more important than the intent, so I sincerely apologize for that. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. Oh, yeah, that's a horrible apology. Isn't that... 
And he also, on the yeah. full apology that I saw right after that, he goes, I was Van Halen's biggest fan. I fa- I discovered them in 1970, and I saw their first show and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. He threw that in there again. I'm like, you motherfucker, man. You yeah. just cannot do it. I know. There's no way. You just can't do it. There's just no way. So anyway, Gene, half-assed apology there. Gene Simmons. We do have an in-memoriam, unfortunately, this week, guys. The Rolling Stones' Charlie Watts passed away at the oh, age yeah. of 80. Uh, yeah. The drummer from the Rolling Stones, Charlie Watts, uh, passed away on August 24th, age of 80. Fans have been showing concern when the news broke out earlier this month that for the first time in his entire career, for the first time, he was going to sit out a Rolling Stones tour. No way. This is the first time in, what, 50 fucking years that he was going to sit out. And so everybody was like, okay, if he's sitting something out now, something's not right. And apparently Steve Jordan, this guy, I don't know who this guy is, uh, Keith Richards collaborator on Keith Richards' solo albums. Yeah. This guy, Steve Jordan, is going to fill in. And they're actually going to continue with the tour. They're not going to cancel it. They're just going to go on with it, and they're going to have a new drummer in there. Yeah, get a little tribute to Charlie at each one. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, So, you know, not much is known about the cause of death. He successfully battled throat cancer. Some sources are listing cancer as the cause of death, but that has not been confirmed. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, It shows Keith Richards' uh, age is 77. I think that's a typo. Isn't it 177? I think it is, yes. Uh, He drinks (laughs) the blood of elven children to stay alive. I think he does him and William Corgan. Right, and Getty Lee. And Getty Lee. They're all in the same category. Absolutely. Uh, yep, and they all get together and sing, uh, you know, songs in the forest mm-hmm. every year. I love those songs. Okay, so let's move on with some rock birthdays. Check <gasps> out all these rock birthdays, Whoa! Charles. Charles, why don't you kick it off? Who I do we got this sure week? sure will. Dean DeLeo, guitarist, Stone Temple Pilots, Army of Anyone. 60, disputed. It's disputed. <laughs> it's disputed. 60, disputed. I'm not 60. Oh, O-Tail Burbridge. Ooh, yeah. bassist from the Allman Brothers and also um, uh, the guy that lives under the back porch in Tennessee. Uh, 57, O-Tail Burbridge. Hey, right. do, you, do you guys know where O-Tail is? O-Tail Burbridge. He's on, he's on tour with uh, the, dead, the Dead and John Mayer and that whole group right now. Oh, too. nice. Yeah, he's the bass player for Hotel Burbridge. You but get he up does here. normally live under um, uh, a porch. Yeah, he does. Yep. David Freeberg, former bassist, Quicksilver, Messenger Service, former keyboardist of Jefferson Starship. Fun fact. 83. Somebody from Quicksilver Messenger Service, I forget who that is. I don't know if it's that guy or not, but he lives in Merced. No way. Yeah. And wow. they used to open for Grateful Dead, uh, all the bands in San Francisco. Wow. That Quicksilver Messenger Service. Yeah, somebody oh, from the band cool. is, lives here in Merced. Oh, that's cool. It's like that. It's that hobo that lives, uh, lives right With down O'Teal the street. Burbridge yeah. down under the, <laughs> the porch. Rob Halford! Heavy metal yeah. singer. Judas Priest, baby. 70. Gene Simmons. Ugh. Simmons. It's everybody's it, birthday this week. Yeah, he's 72, but, you know, and rock, rock singer from the Kiss. Gene Simmons, for your 72nd birthday, I say apologize correctly to David Lee Roth. <laughs> right? Yeah, come on. Yep. Uh, be, Vivian be Campbell, guitarist, Def Leppard. Let's get the rock out of here. Also played with Dio and Whitesnake. Dude, if you ever seen a picture, like, Google a picture of Vivian Campbell. He looks, he's all fucking, like... He plays without his shirt off. Yeah, he's like this fucking. He's all like uh, rocked out. He looks like a like a power uh, lifter or something no like way. that. He looks amazing for his fucking age. He's oh, fifty nine. 
He's, he's a badass Danny dude. Gary kind of thing, right? Yeah. He's yeah. like muscles. Oh, he's like all tan. He's got all fucking muscles. And shit. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, uh, Shirley Manson, lead singer of Garbage, is 55. And fun fact about Shirley Manson, she only is happy when it rains. That is a fun fact. That is a fun fact. Uh, Tony Canal, uh, oh, basis of no doubt. Tony Canal. Yeah, he's that guy skeevy. with the mohawk. Yeah. sounds It just sounds skeevy. Uh, no doubt, basis, 51. Sorry, Can- Tony Canal, but your name sounds skeevy. Um, Alec Leifson, ooh, guitarist. Rush! 68 years old. That's right. Uh, Glenn Matlock, a former lawyer. and <laughs> Former <Right>. Southern lawyer, <laughs> Matlock. <laughs> Original basis of the Sex also Pistols. Also the basis for the Sex Pistols. 65. A lot of people right? didn't know that Glenn know. Matlock, the lawyer, was also the basis it, for the Sex yeah. Pistols. And he used to be uh, a sheriff of a town... Uh, <laughs> that was like a, uh, earlier in his career. Yeah, it was, all, it was when it was black and white. Uh, Neil Murray, former bassist of Black Sabbath and White Snake. Oh yeah, for a brief period. Yeah, going from Black Sabbath to White Snake. Come on, Neil. That Murray. That was the weird '80s time it's, for Black Sabbath too. That was uh, here I go again on my own. And then, oh, here's my favorite. Uh, nice claps for this one because this guy's like my hero, Jack Black. That's right. Yeah, it's his birthday, too. Yep. Musician, School of Rock, Shallow Howl, High Fidelity, half of the great, great, great Tenacious D, and uh, also a son of a brilliant mathematician. Really? A brilliant mathematician. Yep. Absolutely. If if you ever look up Jack Black's mom, she is, like, straight up amazing. Oh, that's awesome. She was doing equations. This is a true story. She was finalizing equations that was helping, like, the men get to, like, the moon or something. Oh, yeah. While she was giving birth to Jack Black. And this And this is no, no, I, like, actually looked this up. This is actually on, on, on her, on her biography. She was doing this. She was actually doing this while she was wow. in labor. She yeah, was that's amazing. These equations, yeah. So Crazy. look, look up Jack Black's mom and Jack Black Tenacious D. You know we got to love Tenacious D. That's They're awesome. The best. All right, let's move on to some trivia, right. guys. This week in music history trivia in 1966. All right, this group's last public concert was held in San Francisco. Ooh, before they broke up, was it A. Simon and Garfunkel, B. The Beatles? Or C, David Crosby's Psychedelic Cocaine Catastrophe. Short-lived project, but uh, also a big San Francisco favorite. I had to throw that one in there. Yeah, that's kind of a tough one. Uh, Lala, what do you think? I am going to go with David Crosby's Psychedelic Cocaine Catastrophe. Why why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I don't know. I just don't see Simon and Garfunkel or the Beatles coming anywhere near San Francisco. So I okay. So I'm actually going to disagree with you, and 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 I'm going to disagree with you only for one reason and one reason alone. A David Crosby psychedelic cocaine catastrophe has never broken up. They have always stopped playing. (laughs) They have they have public concerts every week. No kidding. Yep. They just jump around from. From place to place, usually it's in the back parking lot of McDonald's. I hear they travel around in a trash in a trash truck. Yeah, yeah, the they trash like You think it's a yep. trash man, but it's David Crosby's band. Oh yeah, absolutely. They just show up, and he comes. He's just trash coming today. Yeah, what day is it? Thursday. Jumps out. No, it's David Crosby. Ron Jeremy looking hedgehog, straight up gunslinging, cocaine fueled mustache wearing David Crosby and the psychedelic cocaine. It's actually the Beatles. What? Yep. 
Uh, the Beatles, this week in 1966, played their last public concert ever at Candlestick Park. Mm. And then they did that on the rooftop thing uh, at the record label. When oh, they yeah. Finally broke up. And then they were offered $3,000 to get back together <laughs> on by, Saturday Night uh, Live. SNL. They, they said, <laughs> no, we're good. Like, huh, let me think about that. Hold on a second. No. What do you think, John? Uh, yeah, I think you think what I think. How about fuck now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about uh, this week, uh, guys? In 2009, <laughs> this band breaks up this week during a tour in 2009 and has never reunited since. There have been rumors of a reunion, but nothing yet. What band was it? Oh, was Lalo. it A, The White Stripes, B, Oasis, or was it C, David Crosby's South African tribal chanting barbershop quartet? Also a short-lived project from David Crosby, but... The acronym for that is uh, D-C-S-A-T-C-B-Q. Okay. Or Decaster Compatent Rock. All right, this one is kind of hard because I know nothing about Oasis, but I know that the White Stripes, I'm pretty sure it was just two people and they were dating, right? Yeah. Those are the guys who I, made I Seven believe, Nation Army? Yeah, right. <sighs> he tried to act like it was his sister, but... Oh, okay, and I feel like they made that song later than that, like 2009, so I'm going to go with Oasis. Oasis, okay. Oh, I'm going to actually, I agree with uh, with Lalo, uh, because today is going to be the day. <laughs> it's got to be it, because Liam and Noel Gallagher hate each other. They hate each other. They're brothers, too. They there it is. Other. There they are. Uh, it, so this week in 2009, after the latest in a series of incidents between feuding brothers Liam and Noel Gallagher, Oasis finally split with Noel walking out for good. Uh, he made this statement about how he's leading the band, uh, leaving the band. He said, okay, so well, we won't get into what he said, but the end comes backstage before their appearance at the uh, festival outside of Paris, the big rock festival, right? Yeah. According to Noel, Liam threw a plum across the room. <laughs> then came unhinged and began wildly swinging his guitar. The show is hastily canceled along with all future performances. It's been a long time since the band has, you know, finally done all of this. So here's the deal. Uh, they, <laughs> there was another time Noel walked out of their first U.S. tour. Apparently in 2000, they were on their first U.S. tour, right? Uh, he declared he would no longer tour with them because Liam hit him with a tambourine. Oh, wow. So it was a tambourine first, and then it was a plum. Yeah. And uh, Who carries a plum on stage? Right. Only a British band carries a plum on right? stage. Uh, so after a drunken show in Barcelona, the band broke up then. Each time he has eventually returned, but this split will be the last. So. Oh, yeah. They have not reunited since, but I know that they've been talking about it. So Out of nowhere, Liam was playing the guitar, and then he threw a meat pie at me. And then oh, there was no a plum. <laughs> out of nowhere, a, a bloody plum. Pulled it right out of his butthole and just sent it my way. All right, last one this week, guys. 1963, Martin Luther King <laughs> delivers his famous <laughs> I Have a Dream speech at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., the music connection this week, though, this band actually played before he spoke. Ooh. Was it A, Simon and Garfunkel, B, Peter, Paul, and Mary, or C, Crosby, Bills, and Trash, Ooh. which was actually a band before Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Nice, where David Crosby just got his Bills and Trash and dumped them onto the stage and then just proceeded to pick them up and read them. 
oh, to yeah. the audience. Oh, I love that. This is my electric bill. They can go to hell. Yeah. $63. Oh, Good yeah. luck. And then he'd just pick up another one. And You had, like, some aged beatniks there, like maybe some Allen Ginsbergs that were like... Right. Yeah, there was, like, a, a, a slow-tempo jazz beat yeah. in the background as he was doing that. 1449. <laughs> Spent that Lowe's. Oh, wait, there was no Lowe's back then. Lalo, what do you think? I am going to go with Crosby, Bills, and Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Great band. Because I know in my heart of hearts that only Crosby, Bills, and Trash could have inspired Martin Luther King <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> to give such an amazing speech. It was an amazing speech, but it, I, and as much as I love that speech, actually, it's funny, on, on MLK Day, we listened to that speech. I mean, remember that, Lalo? Like, we, we, we went yeah. on a ride and we played that. Yeah, we listened to that speech. It's such an empower, a powerful speech. It really is. It truly is. But just to throw a little note in there about Crosby, Bills, and Trash... Like the original cut of that speech, Martin Luther King goes, I have a dream. And he goes, that these motherfuckers will never play again, ever. Who left all anywhere. these bills and trash on the stage <laughs> that's here? A, that's exactly it. I'm standing <laughs> literally on a pile of garbage. They cut I, that part out of the speech. You didn't hear that. I am actually. I am actually going to guess. Wait, hear that? What is oh, it? Silence. I'm going to guess Simon and Garfunkel. It's actually B, Peter, Paul, and Mary. What? They played their version of Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind before okay. Martin Luther King spoke. Gotcha. So there you go. I, yeah. you, All right. Paul and Mary. Movie, TV, entertainment news. YouTube topping 2 million creators, which is pretty cool. Oh, uh, apparently cool. these are 2 million individual creators who have their own YouTube channels, uh, which share ad revenue. Over the last three years, YouTube says it's paid $30 billion plus wow. to its creators and artists and media companies who employ all their own employees and stuff. But pretty crazy, yeah. man. You can get a job just being a YouTube content creator now. Yeah. I've got a YouTube channel, but I only get like 100 views <laughs> per video. <laughs> so you cash that check in for $1.25. Yep, exactly. Whatever that adds up to. Hook me up, people. What, I know. Look, look, look me up. I Charles think it's something Davenport like you Jr. get like a million views, you get like a thousand bucks or yeah. something along those lines. It's not even that much. Yeah, yeah. And that's why a lot of these dudes try and do uh, multiple videos a week that try and get a million or more views. That way they get a couple thousand a week. Yeah, and yeah. That's the idea. If you um if you get 500 views, you wake up with a horse's head in your bed. That's right. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, all right, news from around the world. How about it? Some parents are saying they want cameras in classrooms. No. Oh. What do you think about this idea? Apparently, in the Washington Examiner, they were talking about how they wanted to reduce cheating and other bad behavior. Critics say cameras watching classrooms would undermine teachers, an invasion of privacy. People are basically kind of saying that, well, since we have digital classrooms, why not have cameras now in the classrooms to kind of monitor everything the way like a webcam would or accountability, stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think about just a kind of a basic thing like that where it would be like a camera that anyone in the classroom, parent or teacher could access? I don't know. I mean, I think um, I, the only one in, in, in this room that actually is still, you know, in a classroom would be Lalo. So, Lalo, what do you think? Okay. You know, uh, I- as much as I would like to say that that's, like, really weird and no, um, I, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that that wouldn't probably be, like, beneficial for a lot of reasons. I mean, like, a girl sure. that, like, straight up jumped in my math class the other day. 
so that you know that would help yeah and i remember uh, stuff growing up too where yeah. there was incidents in classrooms where that was never whatever recorded or any kind of just like you know you give a verbal uh, description of what happened oh yeah and i i think that wouldn't be a bad idea yeah uh, why not you know? i yeah i have no issue with it i put cameras i say put cameras everywhere what inspired this was a parent of a special needs child wanted a camera in the classroom because that they felt that the teacher was being abusive to their special needs child, mm. and so you know, like, whatever, like telling them, you know, whatever, being aggressive verbally and different stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I say, why not? You get know? cameras in there, do it. Um, oh, I saw this flaming hot Mountain Dew thing. <laughs> I, doesn't this sound oh disgusting? Oh my god, that's so gross. So this is under weekly WTF. This flaming hot Mountain Dew, and it says it's the sweet citrus dew with a spicy new goodness. Yeah. The fiery red cans will be available August 31st on their online store. Oh, yeah. To the worst people ever. I know. We'll order that. Seriously. Ugh. Yuck. That's just, it sounds so gross. I can't even imagine. It sounds like just like it would ruin the insides of your body. Like if you drank that. Like I, a, I can't even a imagine. Corrosive agent. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. And this is coming from the dude who, like, opens and eats a Taco Bell hot sauce. <laughs> like, if I've got Taco Bell hot sauce, like, and I haven't used it, I, like, crack it open and I, like, eat the hot sauce. Right. All right. Well, check out this new California deal that wants to try paying addicts to not use drugs mm. as the state tries to battle continuing increases mm. in overdose deaths. So here's what they wa- they're proposing. They want to use tax dollars to pay for the effort, obviously, which is called contingency management through Medicaid. Yeah. So it would be the first state to do this, which sounds totally kind of crazy. It's been used by the federal government, though, apparently with veterans, military veterans for years. Okay. They've had good success with this. Research shows it's one of the most effective ways to help people stop using stimulants like cocaine and methamphetamine. Yeah, yeah. Under this type of program, people get small incentives or payments for every negative drug test over a period of time. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. So, I mean, they kind of like put it in the headline, we're paying you not to use drugs, but giving them the financial incentive of having a negative drug test, I think is a good thing. You know, they actually... For somebody that's living on the streets that has no... They don't give a shit about anything. Totally. If you're going to offer them 300 bucks to stay clean that week yeah. and give them a negative drug test and you'll get 300 bucks, I think, I don't know, a lot of people might do that. Yeah, well, they, they actually did that here um, in a nearby county. I remember when that happened, uh, it was pretty remarkable. It's that the only problem is, is that when they ran out of funds, they had to give them something, so they just paid them in cheap drugs. Right. <laughs> some cut some cut drugs that was it some uh drugs like, with baby laxative in it it's like, not quite what they're looking for congratulations on your third negative test listen we kind of ran out of the funds so here's, so some, here's a teener some yeah some <laughs> shitty some shitty crack here you go we cut it in the microwave um well this should a, be enough right that's a good story to end it on let's just end that it is, there that's a positive story that's uh, Rock News Weekly for you guys every week, rocknewsweekly.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Check out the photos from our interviews. All of our links are up on nine different platforms on the website at rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate it in the Apple or Google stores, however you're listening, uh, Amazon, Audible. We got lots of ways to listen. Check it all out, rocknewsweekly.com. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.